This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the PowerTech Online Membership Program. If you've been listening to Andy and I wondering, hey, how are they able to get all this podcast content out there? Well, that's because of our members. For just $9.99 a month, you can get access to our online video library, including hundreds of videos of Coach Andy teaching and have the option for consultation calls with Andy or myself to go over anything you need. We can cover training, nutrition, coaching, parenting, agents, the junior college hockey path, whatever's of interest to you. You'll also be able to participate in our popular Ask Me Anything episodes, have access to special discount codes, and be given priority for any PowerTech in-person camps or events. If you like what we're doing here and you want to support us, this is the best way to do it. Visit powertechhockey.ca slash memberships or find the link in the description of this video to learn more. I recorded some ads yesterday, so we don't have to say them anymore. Oh, no shit. Oh, cool. So I, I did like a, I wrote a little script for myself. Yeah. And then I made a, like a graphic. So I'm going to overlay it like at breaks in the oh, podcast. Oh, cool. I didn't know so that. So now we don't have to say anything. Nice. Yeah. Get right to it. Huh? Well, I don't like doing it. Yeah, so at least now, and, and I also hate hearing my own voice. Yeah. Don't hate it, but yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I was telling Christina yesterday, listening back to the recording, I'm like. Yeah. I, I do the same. Yeah. If I, if I happen to. Click on one of our reels or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so it's, it's so much worse. Guy. It's so much worse scripted too. When it's scripted, yeah. it's so hard. It was yeah. my, I, when I was doing it. It was making me think of when you and I used to do like the old videos yeah. back in the day, <laughs> and you'd just days? be like yeah. snapping. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I don't know. Do you have anything you'd like to say? Not really. Up? Do you want any warm up? Any warm up? <laughs> jibber jibber jabber. No, I don't have anything today. No, I, um, so. I had something in that, but then I forgot. So that's fine. Um, so we're going to talk about a clip. So we had a, a, another like viral clip thing that was the idea for this one. And it was um, kind of like your mentality if you're playing against a team that you kind of know you're going to lose to. So, so we're talking population 30,000 versus mm-hmm. population 3 million. Right. Basically yeah. that. And you could be stack teams versus your yeah. hometown. Yeah. And you find that dynamic pretty much at every level until you get to the NHL, probably maybe the OHL, but even in college, it's like, if you're a, an East coast team and you're playing in like the ECAC and you go against a big 10 or whatever, it's like a lot of times you get, you don't have a chance. Like if you have a Niagara university play against Boston college or whatever, the likelihood that Niagara pulls a win out, maybe not so high. Um, at least that's how it seems because the, the schools that are always ranked top 10 seem to be like Quinnipiac, Michigan. They're always the same kind of schools, North Dakota. I, I, I think with uh, a school like different philosophies, right? Like a school, like I, I don't know for sure because I don't, I don't follow college hockey quite as much. But I think a team like Michigan, Wisconsin, it, it appears like they get really high-end younger guys that won the NHL. Whereas I think a team like Quinnipiac, is that how you say Quinnipiac. Yeah, Quinnipiac. Yeah. They have guys that, that, like, they're just an older team. Yeah, they older. get 23, 24-year-olds. Yeah. Is that, if that's possible, 22. Yeah. So you get older teams that have, that's their competitive advantage. Yeah, I feel like that's right? So pro- the names aren't, true. like, huge, yeah. necessarily. They are they're good players. But, like, so you don't get the Owen power. You get an older, really good player. So it's a different way of recruiting. Yeah, but you, you find that dynamic at, at all the all levels, basically, until you get up to um, 
NHL and then and in the CHL you could still find it too. I feel like the the I feel like the OHL might actually be the exception between um for in, in the CHL at least like in the Q, I feel like the low teams versus the high teams there's a pretty big gap. Um, WHL, I don't know as much, but in the OHL, it kind of seems like even yeah, on a, I stick to that because I think that's what we know more. Yeah, but but I think in the I'll speak for the OHL where it's like the if you get a bad OHL team this year, they still could beat a top team that year, right? Whereas like in other leagues, it's not the same. Like you go to a a junior B loop or a junior A loop, and the bottom team, like you're you're ninety percent sure you're losing. Tough sledding. Yeah, and then if you go lower than that into minor hockey, then you get the in Ontario, at least, you get the Toronto versus small area team, like you're saying, and that's a kind of a hard situation to deal with. So I want to I want to start with like a little story. I've said on the, I think I've I've said this one on the podcast before, just to kind of outline the dynamic that I'm talking about, and then I can get your comments and we can kind of go from there. So I vividly remember we played. I couldn't have been more than 14. We played uh, honey baked in an exhibition game preseason. And I was going to look at this up before we started, but I forgot to. I wanted to see how many kids on that Honey Bake team went on to get drafted versus our Windsor team had two kids get drafted late. That was it. In the CHL. Yeah, for in the OHL. So anyways, I didn't see how many of those kids, those Honey Bake kids were, ended up getting drafted or moving on to college or whatever, but they were really good. Do you remember any names at all? I don't. I don't i can i would if i looked it up i'd probably recognize some of them but maybe i'll do it after just for shits but but anyways they were a good team really good team and that detroit loop you that you coached in is awesome that's your your bell tire comp you wear honey baked little caesars Victory uh, Victory honda etc they're a lot all, those teams are usually pretty strong it's an off year if they have a weak team and so i remember going into that game as the player it was like we're gonna get smashed like that was the attitude, right? It was like, we're going to get smashed. And that wasn't wrong. It was like, that is what is going to happen. And I remember we go into the game and the game starts and we're kind of hanging in okay. And then the rails fall off and it ends up being like 8-1 or 9-1 or whatever the, the score was. Big spread. So we get back into the room after the game and the coach was like all mad. So I remember sitting there and I'm like, you know, trying to be like upset and whatever, because that's the expectation when you lose a game like that. But I remember sitting in my, in the, in the dressing room and I'm, I'm like, is he actually mad about this? Like, I remember thinking this, like when I was 14, I was like, I'm not even really mad. I was like, I'm sitting here trying to play the part of being mad, but I knew they were going to smash us when we came here. So why is he acting like we didn't play well or we should have done better or we should have done this different or done this different when I clearly everyone in the building knows we're going to come in and get rocked. So with that in mind, I remember thinking about my coach, like how, how could you be like ripping us or mad at us or cussing us out or even being disappointed? Like maybe, maybe there's a degree of disappointment question, for effort. Question yeah. for you though, to interject your, your coach play ever? No. So that could that could that not could, that I'm aware of any high level. Okay, um, that could be the lack of understanding of how hard the game is yeah. when you're playing against superior talent, possibly. And and I don't even need to cut you off more, but that could be uh, his his emotions might be a reflection of just being insecure, just like so 
don't understand that you guys just didn't try hard enough, but you were just totally outmatched. And maybe he's just embarrassed or didn't know what to do himself. And it was like taken out on you guys. Yeah. And this is exactly kind of the dynamic I want to get into. So this, this is why I want to do this episode because this is, this happens a lot. And there's the flip side where if you're the really strong team, so it applies both ways. So I, that was kind of my, my starting story to like set the stage of what I'm, what I'm thinking about. So I want to start kind of with getting your thoughts on how that like intimidation piece plays into the mindset of young players and then when you're young if we stick we'll get to the coaches kind of after but if we stick on the player side of it how can you get into a better mindset or go into that game or approach that situation we could take it from the team that sucks versus the team that's good both ways so just like intro kind of thoughts on that from the player side yeah so i i think i think age um i think the younger you are the less you know so i think you're just i think if you're like an eight-year-old kid like you don't you might not know what a what a, a big center looks like right so if you get beat 12 nothing or something like that it's kind of like everybody's sitting there like what happened or they're just so good i don't know if you have time to prepare for anything like that so i think being too young there's one thing i think if you start to get to the age as uh maybe 10 11 12 like in that for sure when you can start stacking teams or you start getting very different levels of hockey i think kids are and they've been around hockey a little bit and they know okay if i play these couple of th- and now they have those rankings right so so kids and coaches actually have a clue uh on paper who's supposed to be good and stuff so but i, I still think when you're eight years old i still think you those kids don't go in there saying oh we're gonna get killed because i think they just think it's a hockey game uh but i think when you get to that 10 11 12 then you start realize okay they were in we're in one here we better be ready or you have an attitude so anyways um the intimidation is the question so i uh, that feeling of intimidation. Yeah. I think once you're aware, you know, you, it could be just the, um, the rankings itself going over playing number one. So that's why I kind of don't want to look at them right. as a, as a player, but it's almost impossible not to. Um, so the rankings, it's like, Oh, we're playing number two or number three and we're 37. Like that tells me that. And kids say that all the time. They yeah. know who's, who's yeah, where. Yeah. It's a different world than it yeah, used to be. Sure. Right. <laughs> where they're from. So like, again, we go, you know, almost if you have the title Toronto Marley's, uh, Detroit Honeybake, oh god, this is a tough one. If you're coming from like a smaller center where it's like you got one AAA team and you get 30 guys at tryout and you get 15 guys, you know what I mean. Um, then there's the hype. You know, people talk about how good these teams are. Maybe there's a big name on that team that you've heard about that everyone talks about, and for sure it can be real. Like it for, for sure it could be like um, at a certain age, anyways, where you sit there and you go, oh my god, this is gonna be hard, yeah. or or. You just overthink it. Like, you know, like like we always talk about is you put pressure on yourself because you overthink that game, right? And we've all done it, right? We think it's, if it's a championship game as a kid, as a coach, as a parent even, a lot of times you, you build that up like, oh, this is a big game. <laughs> you got to be going, you, you know, and it's like all of a sudden this game that's just a hockey game. I mean, it's a championship game or it's a big game, but in reality, they all are. And they should be all treated somewhat the same. Because you start taking different approaches or you look at it in a different way, then you're probably going to have, you know, you're going to be tense or you're going to be too hyped up or whatever, right? So I think that's the biggest thing when you're playing these games is that you can get, you can make it bigger than actually what it is. And then when you do that, it creates, you know, maybe some tension or over over hype where you, you know, or you, you know, it's just a, the fear of the unknown, right? The fear of the unknown is... Uh, is real, right? Right. So you think about things that may never happen or 
whatever you put pictures in your head or project something that may not be real at all. Mm -hmm. So when you were as, as dad, like we're sticking to the player side, but as dad, like, did you ever have those situations? Like I know you had, when you were coaching bell tire, you guys were the super team, but maybe if you go younger age, when you were uh, just playing dad with Chooch's triple A team before they were good. Cause I know when they got a little bit older, they were good. But let's say when he was that, you know, 12, 13, where they were still like a lower team. What was the, if, did you have conversations about that kind of game or what was the mindset or was it something that you just had baked in right away? Or what was the, what was the focus going into that game where it's like, okay, we're playing the junior Canadians or we're playing the Marlies or we're playing the Chicago mission or whichever team fill in the blank. What was that? Well, what did you, what did you, or what would you focus on? Like, how would you frame your mindset for the player going into that kind so, of situation? So you're talking as the dad? Well, if you want to answer it as the player, yes, but even as the dad, like, because if the dad is the one or the mom is one of the one helping to set the player's mindset going into that game, where you know, like, you're going to go play Elgin Middlesex and get smashed. Yeah. It's like well, the, the big one that I remember uh, with, with my kid was in Minor Bantam. I think, yeah, Minor Bantam or, yeah, uh, so U13, U14, U14. His, uh, their first really big one was uh, Chicago Mission. And they were the talk, like everybody talked about how great they were and stuff like that. So I told my son, I said, you guys are playing a really good team today. So, but you guys have, you know, some players and, and uh, you, you guys can probably hang in there with them. You just got to have an A game, you know? So that's all I really said to him. <laughs> but as a player goes, when you're looking at these things, I mean, you, you, this is where parents and coaches could be good is give them a little bit, a little bit of guidance of like, you, you never, you could, anybody can win any game. And, uh, but you just have to have, you know, you got to be on. You have to be willing to work. You have to be willing to um, to do the little things. Like you have to be on because they can expose you very quickly. And that's actually what happened. It was a really tight game until the last couple of minutes. And it was like bang, bang, and ended up 3-1 or 4-1. And, and just because uh, they had those extra guys that can do extra things and matched up against the wrong guys or whatever. But but the thing is, is like it's it's youth hockey. And, and um, you know, I, I always, I'm always big on, on um, you know, making the game just a game like it doesn't matter who you're playing um because i just i just see it in the ohl all the time right where you, you like you said earlier you get a a team that is a last place team playing a good team and all of a sudden you go oh they, they won last night it's like it, you can win every night any night depending on how you play so i think when you when you talk to the when you're talking to your kids and you know you're in for a game i think it's not overwhelming them with um how good the other team is and not pretending that you're so good either it's focusing on your details and focusing having a plan would work too, but, but focusing on your details and understanding that they, you know, it's okay to say that we're playing a very good team, but it's also, I believe in you guys to, you know, as a parent, as a kid, I believe in you guys that you can, uh, you can hang in there. You can, you know, it's going to be a great game. And, you know, as long as we do a, B, C, D. So maybe the, the focus is on, you know, what that other team's strength may be and how you negate that and what our strengths can be, to negate that so um typically if you're playing a big big center you're gonna have not a big centerman but a big uh a big a team from a big center um that team probably has a lot more firepower it might be you know instead of having one or two goal scorers it might be eight guys that can put the puck in the net instead of having one guy that can skate real well there might be or two two three guys that skate real well might have a whole team that does you might have uh instead of a couple guys that can really make nice plays you might have two lines or three lines that do right so that's that's what you're up against so 
I think for the most part going in there nine times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10 probably is that if you go there and try to go in a, in a track meet with them, that's not a good plan. So it's, it's, it's going in there and, and putting a lot of pride in all of those little things that we talk about all the time is the blocking shots, the winning faceoffs, taking care of the middle of the ice, frustrating the other team, doing all the things that get them off their game if you can. And if you can get the other team off their game, maybe that's the, the key to frustrating them, right? If you frustrate them, maybe that gets them away from their team. Because I know this for a fact of coaching, uh, being on both sides as a player, as a coach, as a, as a whatever, being on both sides, is when you play a team that you're supposed to be better than and they're frustrating you, it's really, really frustrating. And guys can have attitudes because a lot of times on the better teams, they don't think it's, it's not supposed to happen. So it's supposed to be easy. And if you're in their face and you're getting you're not getting the opportunities or you're getting denied or you're getting just roughed up a little bit, it can change the attitude of a team real, like big time. That doesn't mean, doesn't mean that you're going to win. It doesn't mean that you're not either. But maybe that expected, you know, 6 nothing win is a 3-2 game or a 2-1 game or something like that. Yeah, that's interesting because that, kids will say that. They'll be like, oh, we played the... We played the junior Canadians, but it was only 2-1 or it was only 3-2 or, or whatever the score was where they played better than you might think. And yeah, because well, you might look that. at the other team that, that was better than them and they lost 5 nothing, yes. or 8 nothing, right? Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. You'll be like, oh, yeah, well, they beat Sun County 5 nothing, but they only beat us 2-1 or whatever. And kids will say that. They'll take pride in keeping the game close because they know that they're maybe outclassed, outclassed a bit. But I love what you said about kind of going into it with a plan because to me, I think – for those games, instead of going in thinking we're going to beat these guys or we're going to lose, I would just like take that mindset. It's always going to be there to some degree, but don't make that the focus. Instead, focus on your plan. Like what is, what can you do to make this a better game? So maybe it's, we're going to, I'm going to shut down this guy or I'm going to be in this guy's face. And that's the focus. It's not the outcome, right? Now we're back to, we've talked about that so many times before is like focusing on processes, not outcomes. So going into that game, instead of, man, I remember so many times sitting in the car, going up the 401, we're driving to London or we're going to the Marley's tournament or we're going wherever. And I'm just like, I know we're going to get smashed every game. And there was no one to tell me because our coaching was terrible. There, there was no one to tell us like, hey, that's not what we're going to focus on. Because I don't like the fake thing either. I don't like the, no guys, we can beat them. And like, I don't think that should be the message either because maybe, maybe you can, but maybe that's not what we focus on because now all of the kids on your team know that the likelihood of us winning is not very good. So instead of that, how about we focus on some of those other things? And one thing too, I was, I was going to say is that with, with a lot of those good teams, especially when you're younger, if they're very, very offensive, then they won't focus as much on those little things that can be frustrating. So for example, if you have, like you said, eight goal scorers on the team, what are they going to focus on playing a weaker team? They're going to be trying to run the score up, getting their goals as a better team. They might not be focused on winning face-offs or maybe they're blowing the zone quick because they want to have point night or whatever. And if you can start to key in on some of those things that maybe that team is missing, then that's where maybe you can have some success. And as, as an individual, like it's hard when you are on a bad team because not everyone is going to be of the same mindset. And that's where kind of the coaching thing comes in. But you can't control what other people are doing. So at least for you with your mindset, if you can go in and just have a plan on how you can have a good game against this team, that's a much, much better focus to me than thinking we can beat these guys or thinking we're going to get smashed by these guys either way. Like I said, you're not going to fully get rid of that. It's always going to be kind of there, but don't have that as your number one thing you're thinking of for that game. Think about how you can be effective 
steal the spotlight from some of these guys, those types of things that we've talked about in a couple of the, the past episodes, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so it's it's just um, it's interesting how how you can go about that. Like, if you the bottom line is if if you can. So when I went when I said about not making the game too big, how do you do that, right? And that's like we always talk about is focus on the moment, right? So if you if you think too far in the future, or you even think about maybe a past game that you had against them, if you think about either one too much, then you're you're creating a false illusion. Right, you're you're if you go with a past that ain't nothing lost, let's say, and you say, well, that's how they played, and you know, and you focus on how good they were and how good you weren't or whatever, then that's that's what's in your mind, and you're creating something that that that's in the past, nothing you can do about it. And then if you if you project like, okay, like they're probably gonna beat us again, this is a huge game, then you're just you're you're creating anxiety for nothing because, you know, like we say all the time, like, or what I say a lot is is you know when you're when you worry or you fear something, you know, in the future, 90% of the times it doesn't even happen. And when it does, it doesn't, it's not as bad as you thought it could be or it would be. So the, 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 that's why it's really important as coaches and as players to learn the art of just doing your job, like doing your job being in, in the team's job, but doing your job like one step at a time, like not too far ahead. So it's your preparation. It's, uh, you know, so if you practice, Let's just talk it individually, right? If you eat right and you sleep right and you prepare the way you always prepare and you go out there and concentrate, like when I go out on my shift, I'm going to do my three things or four things uh, the best that I can. I'm going to help my team win and be competitive. And if that's all you ever focus on, then, then you're going to probably have some sort of success, right? But if you try to eat an elephant all in one bite, it's not going to happen, right? So like it's, so as a coach and as, well, let's say you leave it as a coach, you can learn to instill that in your players early, not to focus too much in the future, not to focus too much in the past, but let's just do what we can do right now. And when you're playing a big team or a good team, that's all you really can do is focus on this shift, right? You prepare for the game, practice plans, what's the objective, how are we going to play, and then shift by shift, that's all you can do. And you know what? If you go 15 shifts as a team and it's a tight game, you're doing pretty good. Now, don't get too excited and say, we're going to just, you just have to continue going shift after shift after shift. And basically, going back to that first example I used when Charlie's team played Chicago, it was that's kind of what they did. And then it was like in a two minute span, it was like 3 1. It's like, you know, maybe they lost focus or maybe they just got overpowered. But at the end of the day, it was a pretty good, pretty good game. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about, I was just thinking of this while you were talking, is the balance of, uh, like being competitive versus being realistic. Maybe realistic isn't the right word, but um, what I'm thinking of is, again, I remember, because my, just so if anyone doesn't know, playing AAA growing up, my team was about as bad as it could be. There was no, we had horrible coaching every year. Our team was not very good. We had two or three players that were okay up until I was maybe 15. So we're, I'm talking, 8-1, 10-2, every single game against other bad teams. Like, not we were horrible. And I remember coming home from some of these games and, like, my, I, don't, I don't fault my dad because he didn't play. He didn't really know the dynamic, whatever. But other parents as well, like, we would always carpool up with somebody. And I remember coming home and, and my dad and whoever the other dad was that we went for that weekend with, me and Buddy in the back seat would be, like, game's over we're on our way home now like we're having fun like goofing around in the back seat 
and it happened countless times where my dad and other dad would be like, aren't you guys like embarrassed? Like, aren't you guys upset that you, you, you just lost and lost like that? Like, don't, doesn't that matter to you guys? And I remember sitting like, same thing, just like my coach, that game against Honeybake. I remember sitting in the back seat and I'm just like, like, what do you want us to do? Number one, it's over. Number one. And then number two, it's like, they're better than us. Like, they're faster, they're stronger, they're better coached. And they, yeah, I was just going to say, they, you didn't you didn't have an adult coach no. kind of steer the ship. It was just like, go work hard. No, and so, like, we'd be sitting in the backseat and I'd be, like, made to feel bad because I'm not, like, mad enough about losing, you know? And so, I want to talk a little bit about, like, what are your thoughts about kind of that situation is, like, how long, like, if, I don't know if this makes sense as a question, but like, how long should you be upset for? How upset should you be? Like, what's the level of emotion? What's the difference between that and actually being competitive? Vice, whatever. Because a lot of times you can mask, like, the emotion of being upset as, like, well, I'm just so competitive. I just hate losing and, and that kind of thing. So there's a, there's a question in there somewhere. But, like, what, what do you think about that kind of setup for, for the kids when it, when it is that situation? I, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> that situation is so different. It's uh, it's it's you you know like you because you know you know right you know that you're not a good team you're not well coached like and you don't you know everyone can pretend and say well that's a bad attitude but it's like you you just know you're being like you said you're being realistic and I think that you know they there this is very true is that winning breeds winning and losing breeds losing. So you learn how to lose and, you know, anything you do, if you do, if you, if you have, like, I always say this, right? Like someone that has, you might like steak and lobster, surf and turf, we'll call it another, to coin a phrase, you might like it. And it's, and it's, um, maybe it's your favorite meal ever. It's probably good once a month or, or something along those lines, but you have steak and lobster every day then it's it's just steak and lobster it's just no no different than a peanut butter sandwich right it's like it's just another meal the point of that i hope i i hope that makes sense is that if you lose all the time then you kind of get used to like it's just losing that's what we do and you know you maybe even look individually like i just hope i play okay right like you, you do lose focus unless you have someone really steering a ship being really a real leader right but the same goes for winning right like if you got a, a winning team that um, you know, let's say you're a top team and you play you play your team and you, it's a, a three one game, three two game. You keep them you keep them close. It's like it's just another win, and it's like they're actually pissed about the win because it wasn't a big enough win, right? So you just expect to win, and it's like it's it's not the thrill of victory anymore. Yeah. And that's the, that's the difference I think in youth hockey when you have a, a, a super team as opposed to like in the direct opposite is like you're you just know you're not very good or you know you're the best and you shouldn't even have to try and you guys are shit and i shouldn't even be playing you guys yeah so i was just talking to a dad the other day and he his kid plays in that toronto loop and one of the teams is supposed to be like the number one in ontario and they lost a game one game they lost one game and it was like sell the farm like we need a new team we gotta start recruiting for next year we gotta change things up whatever and exactly along the lines we're saying it's like Sometimes they're just kids are going to have a bad game. Like that can happen. They can lose. Sometimes the worst team beats the better team and that happens. It's not the end of the world, but it goes both ways to your point about losing and winning. It's like, if you're constantly used to winning, you win every game all the time. And then all of a sudden you lose a game. 
it's like, well, even as the parents, you can get sucked into that. Like I remember you telling me with, with your super team and bell tire, like sometimes the parents would be like, well, we gotta, we gotta start winning games. It's like, okay. So I, as you were saying that, it just reminded me real quick. It's really hard. And this go, this will go both ways. It's really hard to drill in their head that they have to work and they have to good habit, have to have good habits and they have to come to play every game and that you can't just turn it on because you're good for the last third period and you know you have to have good habits because you never know who's going to come because they really you know many 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 games we'd be you know drop the puck go in their zone our goalie would do the Ken Dryden holding the stick basically and maybe they would get a shot on our net maybe but we were in there buzzing get a line change still have pressure and just buzzing buzzing we might get 12 shots in the first five minutes right or more and then you know, then they would start to score, and then the the wheels would come off for the other team. Typically, that would be would be what happened. So it was really hard to say that you have to have all these different habits because no, what do you talk about, coach? We win, but then so so that's that. So we were playing Victory Honda. So this is we were having we were having a not a, I wouldn't maybe a little bit of a law. I think the kids were feeling a little bit. Uh, every team does it, so it's not the end of the world, and people have to recognize that. So we had in, in November we had we tied. Victory Honda, which kind of, and we were playing like a little bit sloppy for a couple games. And a couple of the parents were just, you know, mean mugging all the time. They're losing their, you can't tie. Like I think it was Columbus one time. They were just, they played hard, man. And our guys were, were, were taking, we're just, maybe they, I think our guys played hard. We just didn't bury, but we got outworked. We actually got outworked by this Columbus team that we that had no business um, competing with us, honestly. And like the parents were all upset, like what's going on here? And then we tied Victory Honda, and then I think we beat them just by a. a anyways, we we're in that lull, and uh, no one would give credit to the Victory Honda. Right. But they had Alex DeBrinker. Remember, I told you about yeah. that. He was a very good player that worked hard, and they had a hardworking team. And when our, you know, that 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 uh, saying that um, talent beats. Hard work, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That's what it was. So it happens and it can happen. And it's like very, very important to learn that you have to play a hard game every, every time, every time. And I saw, I saw that with my super team doing that when they chose to take time off or take shifts off or create bad habits or get selfish or not understand that hockey is a, is, is a, a game that you could, you could lose any night if you're, even if you are prepared. Right. And, uh, and then on the opposite side is that you can win any night. If you actually work hard or you can catch someone on a bad game. And those are things you're maybe hoping for a little bit of luck, but, um, but if you work hard and have, have a way to play you have a opportunity to, to win. Yeah. And I think that's kind of my, I wanted to leave a bit of a take home message for the parents because on either end, like if you, if, and it's not just if you've never played, but it, like the role of attitude is really important and actually understanding the situation. So me thinking, flashing back to all those games we lost and all those car rides home where it's like, we're just getting grilled on the way home about how much we suck. Where it's like, we know we suck. All we do is lose. It's like, you don't need to tell me, like I know, you know, and it it starts to feel like not worth the effort because it's like, it doesn't matter what I do. We're going to lose. That's just what we do. We lose. And then the flip side for the winners, it's the same thing. So if you're the parents, particularly on the losing side because it's harder to lose with to deal with losing than than winning obviously but keeping things in perspective on the losing end 
and understanding kind of where the team is at and not being unrealistic because that's like the kid's just going to shut the shut his ears off, man. It's like the kids aren't stupid. You know, they they're, they don't have knowledge about a lot of things and they're inexperienced, but they're not stupid. It's like if they've lost 15 games, if they're one in 15, it's like they know they're not very good. So you can't act like, well, you guys don't try or you guys don't, you guys are, are you should be playing better than you're playing. It's like, actually, probably not. It's like, actually, they're just not very good. So let's find a way to parent or guide around that situation in a way that makes sense. And that's where we get back to, like, we're not focusing on outcomes. We're focusing on process. Flip side, if you are a parent and your kid plays on one of these big Toronto teams or your kid is playing in Detroit or wherever in Minnesota and there's they're one of the best high school teams in the world or whatever, it's like, they're going to have a bad game. They're going to have a bad stretch. They're going to have whatever. And you can talk to any player, any parent. There's some At some point during the year, they'll feel like things aren't going very well. It doesn't matter if they're on the best team ever. So being able to like have some perspective and understanding like this is like the cycle of how things go. This is where our team's at. We're still a really good team. We're allowed to lose a game. Sometimes the other team's going to have a good game. That's going to happen. And then if you're the losers, it's like our team's just not good, man. And we have to deal with this. These are the cards. And let's figure out a way that we can actually still have a successful year. We're going to change our definition to not be winning as success. But how can we have a good game against a better team? How can we have a good game or whatever? You know no, what I that's, mean? That's a good point we just said is is change your definition of what success is, right? Winning the championship doesn't necessarily mean success, especially if you're just really good and you didn't really have to put the effort Absolutely, in. man. If you didn't have right? to work for it and yeah. you just won the championship, you were yeah. just good. That doesn't yeah. mean you deserve or you earned anything or had a successful year. Yeah. You know? It could be, it could mean right. that, but it could also mean that you're just a better team, and it's um, and the the challenge wasn't that hard. But then, as, as the as a team that's not successful, like that, that's not winning games, it's like defining winning a tournament and stuff is not necessarily that. It's it should be, well, not I'm not saying should be, but what it could be is is more, um, just learning how to compete, like just learning how to get better. Like so, if I'm a if I'm a dad in that situation. For my young kid, you know that you know this is real, right? They're gonna come home and they're gonna be like, ah, whatever. You know, your your attitude that you have, we're just gonna lose. And it's like really important that you instill um, that the winning attitude. It's like, what? How do you solve a problem, right? So you can't be the coach of the team and solve everybody's problem, but you can help your son solve theirs, right? And and this is why. And I know a lot of people don't even really understand this, but this is why it's really important that kids have that that measuring stick for themselves on what they consider a good game right you can you can call it one could be effort and we we know what that you can see effort right but sometimes effort just isn't enough right but if you if you see effort that's that's number one and there's a lot to learn in that right when you're playing on a a team where you're probably gonna it's like a a fighter right you go and fight John Jones in the UFC. There's a really good chance that you're going to lose. And it's the guy that, right? Yeah. Right. No, but I mean, they're talking the best guys. Yeah. There's a good chance. There's at some point he's going to just take over. So do you go into that fight just when it gets hard quitting? The the real fighters come out by keep going through it, keep fighting through it, finding a way to hang in there, and and maybe get to a decision or the fifth round. Like that's that's kind of a win, right? Because this guy is so dominant. Or it was like uh, Nurmagomedov. I can't <laughs> Nurm- say it right now. Nurmagomedov. Yeah, Nurmagomedov. I mean, he just won. Khabib, yeah. yeah, he just won. It's like you going in there in the ring is a win already. And I'm not – because that, that, like he beats people down. And to hang in there and, and not tap or not – you know, after you take 30 punches in the head, 
still fighting the fight. That's that's the lesson of a hockey player too that loses games. So it's like staying in the fight for the sixty minutes. It's staying in the fight shift after shift. You get scored on. It's not like okay, it's over. You're still gonna go back and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna play as hard as you can, right? So, anyways, the effort is huge, and you can learn a lot from that from being losing. It's effort even when it's hard or impossible. Right, because that could flip, and then the next thing that the, the, what I was saying about the parents sometimes and, and coaches maybe don't understand what I'm saying about this, and and I'm not saying it's easy to do, but you have to find a couple of habits that you can measure that you had a good game. So, you know, a lot of people, like I say, they'll say, "Well, did you score?" Well, you can't use that necessarily as a a tool for, for, to say that you had a good game. It could be a result of doing good things, but if you're playing on a, on a team that you you get you lose nine one eight one. Six nothing. Like you, you guys don't score. So scoring a goal isn't. It's just a bonus. So what parts of your game can you say that equal the good shift, right? So like, but now think about this, right? So if you're losing eight one nine one every game, six one whatever every every game, then I would assume most of your game is in your defensive zone. So is that good or bad? Well, it's it's not fun, but it can be. But there's there's a there's a, a tool like if I work and learn how to work my D zone at this point, and I only get better at it, and I work really hard, and I learn how the positioning, and I get my stick on things. That's only going to help me if I do play on a good team, or if I do get drafted, or I do play in a system. This is something that this is something that most people don't get taught or learn because everything's about the other end of the ice, right? So, anyways, my point is like try, you have to try to find two to three, well, three to five things, but like, keep it simple. A few things that you can say, okay, even though we were in our zone the whole time, what did, like, what did I do well? Did I battle for pucks? Did I win some battles? Did I get it out? Did I have a stick on puck? Did I finish a check? Did I get scored on? All those different things. Those are successes, right? So it's like different measurements and it's not always winning eight, one or three, two. It could be your individual stuff. So as a parent, you want to teach, I am, I would say you want to teach your kid as best you can the competitiveness to, and not to quit and to find a couple of things that you can say, okay, that was success. And then hopefully the coach, which that's in someone else's hands because you can't coach 15 people. It's your own kid. Um, hopefully the coach has somewhat of a plan or a structure that you can, that can help the kids through that. Right. Yeah. But that's wishful thinking a lot of the times. Well, I think you're kind of talking about zooming out like more big picture, which is good because a lot of times, if you have the goal of playing higher level hockey, which is typically who the player is that we're talking to, then if you're on that team, that can be super discouraging, you know, because not only can you feel like, oh, no one's going to see us because we suck. You might feel like you're no good either, because like you said, you're not getting a goal or whatever. But if you can zoom out and think like, hey, what are we trying to do? Like, what am I trying to be? I'm trying to be a player. I'm trying to be somebody that other teams want. And there's a lot of ways that you can do that. Go yeah. Ahead. So uh, just the real story. Real story. One of my friends that scouts, really good friend of mine, scouts for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So his son was a 93. Yep, 93. And um, the Windsor team uh, was not good at all. Like AAA team? Yeah, yeah, not good at all. So uh, so this team, I don't want to say where he's from. I yeah. just I want to leave his name out of it. So they would play these guys. And, one, and the one day he told me, he, goes, um, he named the kid's name. He goes, I'd take that kid on my team any day. Really? He goes, that guy competes. From the Windsor team? Yep. And so that's a team that used to get blown out. Yeah. And he said, the kid works hard. You know, he went through all the things. He said, I'd take him on this team any day and he'd be a good player. Wow. So people notice. 
for sure. People notice. And that, that's kind of what I'm pointing at. And even if your goal is not to play higher level, like what if it's just to have fun? It's like, it's not fun when you're just getting buried and losing every game. So like find a way to find fun in it. Like how can we gamify it and make it fun? You know, find other ways to make it fun because the normal fun way of like going to score a goal, whatever, obviously those are the highlight moments. But if you guys are always getting buried, it's like you have to be able to find ways to still enjoy the game and enjoy what you're doing. So even just from the fun perspective, that's important. But I want to I want to bounce back to the the like being upset thing again for a second, because I was just having this conversation yesterday with um, a bunch of the academy kids that I was talking to and how like little things set them off where it's like it's like the baby shit. It's like the getting like being a little baby about something. And it's not just like the younger kids, it's the older kids too. It's like, and there's a lack of resilience that uh, a lot of these kids have, which is unfortunate. And trying to instill in them, like this is maybe another thing for parents or for a coach, whatever, is trying to instill that ability to bounce back from things. And I remember having like having a hard time understanding Okay, am I supposed to be upset about this or am I supposed to brush it off and move forward now? So to me, like, I, I don't have, I don't necessarily have like a right or wrong answer because I think the answer is that people deal with things differently. And just because a kid comes out after a game where they got, or if they had a really poor game, just individually, if they come out and they're not like super upset about it that's not necessarily a bad thing. And if they come out and they're almost in tears about their bad game, that's not necessarily a good thing. Like that doesn't mean that they're... Yeah, that could be just a lot of drama. Yeah, exactly, right? So my, I guess my point is just keeping in mind in that situation, if you're a kid that's losing or winning or whatever, kids handle things differently. And as long as, as, long as they have some awareness about the good and the bad or where there could be improvement versus not, then I don't necessarily think the how they are emotional about it, like what their emotions are, I don't think is that important necessarily because kids deal with things in different ways. And especially for me now, like I'm a pretty, would it be unemotional person? Yeah. Unemotional, is that a word? Yeah, that's, I would say you're on that, on the right track. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I'm actually just not that competitive anymore. So when we're like playing games and doing things, I just don't care that much if I lose. Yeah. Because, you know, it's you're not, just playing a game. Yeah, it's there, it's not important to me. You know, if I'm doing something that's important and it doesn't go well, then I might get upset. But if I'm playing a a board game, I'm not like mad if I lose. If I'm playing, oh, if we're on the ice playing three on three and I, I lose, like I don't care. You know, so, and that doesn't mean that like I'm wrong for not caring or whatever because you're I'm not, not upset about you're it. A loser. Yeah, yeah, right. Loser attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's and that's kind of what I think can be projected onto people if they're not like mad and upset and emotional about whatever the negative situation is. It's that loser, like, Oh, you're just fine with losing then. Like, yeah, but you know, like, like, like this, I, I think this makes sense is like at, when you get at the highest competitive levels, there's a more, you're probably going to find more people that are actually really truly upset or pissed at their performance, the team's performance at someone else for not doing their job. And it's like, probably i don't want to generalize it's probably that's why they're at the highest levels because they're because they compete so hard everything matters whereas you get at the lower levels it's like some guys might be just playing for fun like you said or they're 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 happy to play at the triple a level and they want to win and stuff but it's like not the end of the world and i'm not going to go block a shot with my face 
Like that's not, I, I, I like to play, but I'm not doing that guys. Whereas if you get to the highest levels, that's where you're, you're going to get that. Like you can look across the room and say, that guy just blocked two shots. His, you know, his wrist is swollen, can't even squeeze his hands. And you're sitting here, don't want to back check hard, or you're complaining about not getting a pass or something like that, or whatever. Like at that, at the higher levels, it, it really probably means there's more guys that are on that thing that have true, genuine feelings. Um, whereas when, when you're playing at, at the youth level, you might not even know what that means yet. Like what, what does truly competing mean? Like, you know, and, and, um, yeah. And I don't know if you can teach someone to have that. And I don't know if it's necessarily healthy or not. People feel what they feel. What I would say is like, I think anything you do in life, I think if you, you know what your effort level was, right. you you know what your give a shit meter was. So like, if you just change the channel to not being a hockey player and you're in, you know, whatever, something else at school and you just didn't prepare or you didn't try your best and you got maybe embarrassed, then you should be upset with yourself, right? You should be. Um, but if you're not, like, I mean, I don't know if you, you but you're aware anyways. Yeah. So, so some people, when they compete, they compete hard. They say it's hockey. They lost the game, but it's like, you have to be able my point to that is you have to be able to look inside and say, if you're, if you're upset because <laughs> of a loss, fine if you're upset because you didn't do your best or you didn't put the effort in then you should be upset with yourself a little bit and but if you've done if you look and you truly did your best you know i, I like to say 100 percent. i don't know if anybody can do 100 percent, 100 percent of the time if you could sit there and you say I, I i i left it all out there and you're upset because you know i i did all that work and i got nothing for it that's a true emotion right and I, I, I could, I, I like that. And I don't, just to be clear, if this is just my opinion, like personally, I don't, I'm not saying it's good to be emotional or not. Like, I don't care. My point is that the emotions do not always indicate the competitive nature. Like your, your actions doing the task that you're supposed to do. Like if you go and have a shit game, you didn't back check, you didn't compete, you didn't do all the battles. And then you come in and you smash your stick and knock the water bottles off the table and you're crying about it. It's like, okay, yeah. that's not. And you see that. Yeah, right. You see that. There's a lot of those kids that they, they're, they're just so upset. They just want to win. It's like, yeah, but you didn't really actually compete. You were just out there floating around. Exactly. And you, then you get the flip side where it's yeah. like, you, maybe you get the guy that battled super hard, was doing all the right things. And then he comes off after the loss and like, he just sits in a stone. He's just like mug face, but he's not, He's not yelling and screaming. He's not throwing stuff. He's not. And it's a little bit harder to tell that that guy's upset. All my point is, is like, either way, I'm not saying one is right or wrong. It's just the emotion is not always, doesn't always correlate or, or indicate the level of competitiveness of the person. So if you're going to be upset about something like this is me just thinking about those car rides home where as a 13, 14 year old, I'm not like visibly just distraught over our performance and the dads in the front seat are just like, what's wrong with you guys? And it's like, well, nothing's wrong with me. It's like, what do you, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't know, you know? And that doesn't mean I don't care. It doesn't mean that, but just people handle things differently. You know what I mean? It's funny so, when, it, I always say this though, like, it's funny when adults project that, not every adult, like I'm just in general though, right? It's always like, let's just say my dad was like that. Like, you should be upset, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, if you could just turn it around just a little bit and say, so when you uh, went to work today and you found ways to hide and, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you, you're trying to, you know, you're looking at easy ways out and stuff like that. Is that the same thing? Should you be upset with yourself? But you can't, right? <laughs> but that's, but it's reality. Like I, this is, this is what I would say to to parents. Like I'm, I'm very careful with my son too, to not, uh, not over 
um, what's the word, put expectations on them that I would not be willing to do. In fact, in fact, I really respect the fact of some of the things that he does, or all my kids. Some of the things that they are willing to do that maybe I, or maybe, or not, I'm saying maybe, but maybe willing to do or I wasn't willing to do, right? They, there's a lot of things that they do that I, I, I don't want to do that. I, and I wasn't willing to. They're better than me. You know, I look at my son, like there's some of the things that he's willing to do and deal with, like as a, as a man, emotionally, all these different things. I like, I, if I step back, I, I, I go, you're, I've said this to him. I say, you're a better man than I am. You're a better person than me. You are more than I ever was. That's a pretty big thing to say instead of, you know, you should do more, right? Because he could, you know, if they really want to turn that table and just start digging, probably could make me feel pretty small if he wanted to, yeah. right? To, to finish up, I want to talk about like the coaching side of that situation. So um, maybe as as the coach, because you've been in like on both sides of that, like you said before, how do you approach that game? How do you approach that game for your team? What's the message? How do you prepare for it? Um, if it's that total mismatch where you're just going against a, a powerhouse. Yeah. Well, either way, either way, the job of a coach is this is where, this is where I'm a little bit hard on coaches or maybe I'm not, but I don't think you should coach if you don't want to prepare. And if you don't want to give your kids a plan and you want to be there for them and help them succeed, I don't think you should coach. And there's a lot of people that do that. And then there's a lot of people that are really good planners and, and care a lot and maybe even over detailed, but nonetheless, if you're coaching and you don't have your your kids on a plan, then like, what do you expect, right? Because that then you're just barking on things. Work harder. That's not a thing. It's actually not a thing unless there's some structure towards that work. So a plan, one way or the other. So we've got a super good team that you should win every night. The plan is okay. We have our game plan, and always have the expectations. Like if you're a super team, that you're going to get one or two things from the other team. A team that's already defeated, or a team that's going to give you their like hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, they're going to give right. you everything. So it'd be ready for both. So you don't want to get ready for both mid game, <laughs> right? Exactly. You want to be prepared. So the the structure and the and the lesson every day is you know like I said earlier about my team is that you have to be the best, but also the hardest working. You have to have habits that. Um, that are going to be successful. Like that's your back checking all the little things, not taking shortcuts because one day you're going to meet your match and it could be today. Right. So, and then never minimizing an opponent because I know some people will look and say, well, yeah, but you're not going to beat these guys or whatever, but someone can beat you and it could shock you. It happens all the time. San Jose Sharks this year are supposed to be the worst team and possibly one of the worst teams in, in uh, the history of hockey as, as they were talking like early in the season. They're winning games, and they're beating some good teams. So you don't know who you're dealing with and whatever, right, or catch them on a bad day. So anyways, that would be that for a good team. But it's the same thing for a, a poor team. It's like help them prepare. Help them prepare. So you have now, – now, if you have – it depends kind of what level, but I think you should still actually take that back. You should help your team be a good team. <laughs> but if you're if you're a poor team, like if you're trying to run systems or run a run and gun track meet, trying to score goals, then you're you're setting the kids up for failure. 
right? Because you're playing guys that are just superior. They'll steal pucks, move the puck 20 times, and put it in the back of the net. So you you know you probably want to be more defensive, hardworking team. Period, and you make habits that are like that. So when you go against a team that is really good, you're not sitting there saying that we're going to lose like this try hard. You go, you know, you walk into that team and you prepare for it. And as you talk to them, it's like, um, don't make it too big. Just make it a game. But you let them know, like, okay, we got a big, we got a game coming up this week. It's a good team. We can compete. How? Here's the key, though. How? Because it's easy to say we can do it. Work hard. You have to give them a couple things that make them realize, oh yeah, maybe we can, right? So I did that with one of my teams. We it was really funny how this worked with when when my kid was a little guy. <laughs> We're playing a, uh, a Burlington for the championship, the Ontario championship, or was getting to the Ontario championship. We're a little farmer town, Essex. So and 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 it was their not their top team, obviously, because it's a metropolitan, not a metro, it's a city. It was their B team, so it was like kind of the same level. But I, but the name Burlington was. Everybody in Ontario knows where Burlington is. No one knows where Essex is. So, ironically, the refs didn't show up on time, and the kids were kind of getting antsy and stuff. So, I, I, what I did with them is I said, "Do you know?" So I, I put a Dave. I told them a story of David and Goliath, right? And they're like, "Okay, cool." But I said, "Why? But why did David win this fight?" And they go, oh. "So I showed them all the reasons, right?" So I said, "When we play these guys, we're, we're the David. These are the Goliath." Why can we beat them? So I said, you guys tell me a reason why we should beat them. So they just started. We got a good goalie. I said, there we go. But I, I wrote out with a white uh, marker on the wall, good goalie. Oh, because this guy has a great shot. Yeah. Oh, because we know how to uh, uh, block shots. Yeah. So we, I wrote, we wrote about 50 things on there. So I said, done. Just go do it, right? So that's something you could do with your team, not right on the walls, but like have them know what they're good at. Right, have them know their strengths. So we could be playing the Toronto this or the Detroit this. Okay, we're playing these guys, and you know they're they're a good team. But like, look, guys, this is why we can we can beat them because we can win faceoffs. We can do that. We can tie guys up. We can take the middle of the ice away from them. We can chip bucks out. We can frustrate them. We can get on them. You know that Eric guy on that team? He likes to skate around and all that stuff. You know what, Andy? You just stay on him and give him a little shot here and there. He's going to get frustrated. Maybe he'll take a penalty. Maybe they're in the penalty box. And you give them reasons to believe that they can win. Not that you, you hope that we hang in there. Give them reasons to believe. And then you know what? Uh, if it's 5 nothing in the first five minutes, it's like you just stick with it. But if it's 0-0 zero, zero, going into the first or one nothing, or you're up or something like that, they're believing in their, in their reason and they're believing in themselves. Yeah. And the wheels can come off. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of that, and, and maybe you might win or whatever, but you can, you can reward them for that, right? You can actually point out this is what we did well, right? Yeah, I think that, that's huge. The biggest thing, man, for, from the coaching side is just actually having a plan. I cannot tell you, like, for all the coaches that listen and even the parents that listen, and I'm sure parents would agree with this anyways because a lot of parents think their coach is an idiot anyways, but there's so many coaches when I talk to players that they, their coach is not teaching them any kind of structure of how to play the game. So they do like at practice, it's like always flow drills, right? Or it's always their battle drills or it's always their whatever, but you need an actual strategy. Like the game actually take requires some strategy as you get up and you play older teams, higher level. So if you're going to go against one of those high firepower teams, like is your best move, Hey guys, work hard. Let's just go shot for shot with these guys. That's probably not a great strategy, you know, but if you guys win 80% of the face-offs, 
that means you guys start with the puck 80% of the time. It's like now they're not starting with it. You're taking time away from them now. Yeah. You know, there's and now maybe that- you could just dump it in and we'll send one, three, one or one, four. And they're going to never like, because actually we, <laughs> my dull tire team we went to the uh, Marley tournament, <laughs> played a team, uh, junior Canadians. And they knew because they scouted us at one of the tournaments and they knew we we're going to be good. They hacked and whacked. Our guys got frustrated. And we were, and, and so we were playing three down two for first two periods, le- legit the whole time. And I'm like, guys, like, whatever. But they were playing a one, three, one, four. It was like a total trap. So, you know, we, I, I worked around it with the kids and stuff like that. And it took till the third period for us to get two goals, two nothing, two nothing. And it was like they were so frustrated. And then that team, we played them again, and they were better every time. Cause they, they, yeah, you told me, yeah, I remember yep. you saying this story. Yeah, and I think we tied them in one term, and it was like simply they frustrated the shit out of our guys, and they're not, they weren't used to it. So if you can learn how to do that to another team, you give yourself a fighting chance. Yeah. We were better, no questions. But we were a team that was fast, could move pucks, and it was like all beautiful hockey. But what was missing a little, not, not totally, but what was missing was the, the heart grind stuff. Winning is too easy. They don't like that's how you've never had to sharpen that skill, right? <laughs> that's and, right. And that's if there's a, a weak link to be found with a lot of those good teams, again, in general, because like some teams I'm sure have a lot of heart and grind and whatever, but a lot of those high firepower teams that always win, if you want to find a crack in the armor, a lot of times it, it is that it's that frustrating game. It's that they're used to going tic tac toe through the neutral zone, but now there's seven people between the blue lines it's like that's hard now to make those passes even if you're no good you're just in the way right so you're gonna break up plays you're gonna disrupt things you know yeah you dump it in to go get it and there's a guy interfering a little bit just enough to slow you down and now it's you're frustrated i don't have the puck on my stick and those guys on the bench that haven't been used to like that grindy stuff they look at each other and they start bitching at each other right a lot of the times yeah so one more question from the coaching side actually this is kind of just for me actually more than anyone else but i'm sure other people will find it helpful if you get into the situation as the coach where there's just not much else to say for example so let's say you guys made your game plan and they're sticking to it to a t and it's five nothing or they're not sticking to it at all and they're getting blown out and it's just like you're as the coach you're just like there i don't know what to say to you like i don't know what to say what is your what's your move or what's your behavior in that type of situation as the coach like is sometimes is it do you just leave it for today? It's like you guys aren't having it today. We'll come back tomorrow and try again. Or what? It, it, it definitely can be that. It could be a lot of humor. Yeah. Could be if, I, if we're playing if we're playing whatever pick the team and it's you, like you said you prepared you did everything you can. <laughs> it's five nothing the first three three to five minutes whatever it is you can just sit there and say boys this is a good team. <laughs> this is a good team. All you can do is you you got you, you know stick to the plan and work. That's all you can do. Yeah. That's all you can do. You can't, you can't be over like, that's a good team, man. And maybe, maybe it's even, you know what? I didn't plan this one right for you guys. Like, like it is what it is. Yeah. You know what? That's a good, that's actually a good point. I didn't think you were going to say that. That's a good point because you can, that, that is the moment. That moment is where the coach can like turn on the players and be like, well, you guys didn't do this, that, the other thing. But if you're in the situation where they actually are doing their actual best, and they're just getting wrecked. It's like, Jesus. It's like, you're just Jesus, guys. You know? Yeah. And you can turn it. And then and then you get to just throw, like, I want you to keep plugging here. Got proud of you for going. This is a good team, boys. And you know what? <laughs> that You might get a better reaction from your team where they actually have a little bit more juice and have a little bit more heart 
with that attitude as where it's like, boys, like you have nothing to be embarrassed about. Like these guys are just really good. Like, let's go out there and just give them hell boys, like get in their face, give them hell. And it's like that, that is actually a, I bet you that would be a, I didn't even think of that yeah, as an option. Yeah, you teach them pride. Like, let's just play for pride. Quitters don't quit. Or uh, winners don't quit. Like, you use those little phrases and stuff. But, like, sometimes it's too much. It's like, these are really good. Let's just keep going. Let's keep yeah. going, guys. Let's, yeah, and that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> let's let's set a goal. Like, I mean, you don't have to say much. But you can, let's try to not get scored on. Let's try to get the puck out of our end. Like, whatever. But I think sometimes you just got to laugh and say, oh, my God, I underestimated these guys. Or, or me, right? Like, I didn't do a good job of doing this, guys. This one's on me. It just like makes them feel like okay, it's not you're not gonna not pissed at us. Yeah, exactly. We're not just losers. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the other side of it too is like if you just get real quiet because I know play from working with a lot of players, they say this too is like it feels like the coach just kind of like quits on us when if we get down and if you're a team that gets down a lot, now it just feels like your coach is always quitting on you. That's not a good a good look either. So as the coach, like you have a lot of responsibility and and commanding that mindset or how that room that vibe is in the room that's your that's kind of your job so and if they didn't come out to play that day that's a different story right then you could and that, that attitude could come across but you know you try like you're the adult you got to try to get the most out of them as you can and keep them positive and moving and trying and not quitting those are the lessons the hockey's all about you know win or lose win or lose like yeah that's that's the thing i think a lot of times at every level at every level I think a lot of the times the easiest thing to do as a coach is just to, you know, give it to the uh, to, to your guys and point everything out. And then sometimes if you really look, you might want to just say, you know what, boys, that one's on me. Or go in the room and you can be pissed, but you got to look at yourself and say, okay, I'm, I got out coached. That's 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 a possibility. I believed in this kid when I I, I made a mistake because yeah. we all make mistakes. Coaches aren't perfect. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I remember because I remember coaching one game. And it was like the 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 players just the effort was just not great, and it was no like there was no teaching to be done. It's just like you guys aren't getting in the four. You're not on the four check. You're not in the corners. You're not battling. You're not doing the things. It's like the, I, there's nothing for me to say. You know, I don't have anything to say. Like if you don't do that, there's nothing. There's nothing I could say to you guys. And that was my my take home message after the game. It was like I'm not mad. It was like I'm not. I'm, I'm not mad. It's just there's nothing for me. I can't say anything to you guys. It's like if you don't go work, then nothing else matters. I can show you whatever you want. There's nothing I can write for you. There's nothing I can draw. There's nothing that's going to help if you guys don't go do that. And I was curious of like, maybe if there's a better way to handle that situation, but I don't, in that particular situation, I think that was kind of the right thing to do. But if you're just getting really outclassed with a team, I like that, that, um, that kind of way of handling it where it's just like, boys, like buckle up, like we're, we're in one here, you know, and make, make lighter of it than, then like you know are we gonna be mad at them because they got smashed by a team that's way better <laughs> like uh any anything else to say kind of on this kind of playing against a better team sort of dynamic i think that's all kind of i wanted to touch on touch on a few things that i think are uh um kind of interesting yeah the only thing is you never know who's gonna win you don't you don't actually know i know people think like no you can't lose to these guys can't be this you never know you never know so play your heart out every game and that's the beautiful thing about the about the the sport and and the encouraging part is that for the kids that go through the grinder <laughs> if you have good habits and you work your ass off don't think that it doesn't go on go unseen it might even take a little longer but those are the tougher guys and, and at the end of the day you might be the better hockey player you know so you got to just play play something i always tell the kids that i work with is play hard but play make sure you're having a lot of fun play with for fun find a way to have fun in the game so we take it too serious all the time 
which you should take it serious, but if you take it too serious all the time, sometimes you forget about the fun. And hockey is the greatest game. So much fun. You lose the fun, maybe you're not going to play your best. Make sure you have fun. Yeah, sweet. Okay, that's all we got. See you later.